Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up? Everybody. Ricky Widmer here along with the... Mark Weber. Dub them ease. Welcome in again to another edition of the Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, thank you for joining us today. If you are listening to us via Blog Talk Radio, thanks for the download. I hope you enjoy the full-length podcast. But, Mark, we've got a jam-packed show. This is this is unique. I thought we were just doing this the other night, Mark. We were just here the other night. Feels and now like we're it. back for our normal weekly podcast that's here. No draft today. No, which is uh, maybe surprising to some people because you know how excited Ricky and I are for the NFL draft. Uh, but there's a lot of things that are going to happen first, mm-hmm. which we probably got to talk about. Things, you know, such as coaching changes, playoffs. playoffs, you know, a lot of things to talk about. Well, and today on the show, we're going to be looking at some coaching changes and some of that playoff situations as we'll look at the Rams situation. Could John Gruden become the next Rams head coach? Blake Bortles, how, what does his future hold now that Gus Bradley is fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars? And then we're going to look in on the Houston Texans. And can Tom Savage really bring this team to the playoffs as their starting quarterback? But let's get right into that first topic. The Rams, John Gruden. There are rumors out there. There's a article on Fox Sports, Mark, where the Rams are apparently having John Gruden as the top candidate for their coaching vacancy with the Rams. I'm just going to ask you this. John Gruden to the Rams. Can you see that headline in our future? Well, I mean, I think it kind of makes sense uh, in the sense of it's a big personality. You know, you're in L.A. And even though we want to say America's team is the Dallas Cowboys or you want to talk about how popular the Green Bay Packers are all Mm. over the place – there's a really uh, there's a real opportunity right now for the NFL to kind of crown the Rams as the NFL team in LA, the gold standard in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring in such a high profile head coach. You know, that's really what they need for for LA. I don't think that you can afford to bring in some assistant. You know, you can't afford to bring in some coordinator somewhere, some college coach. It has to be a splash because you're in L.A. And John Gruden is that splash. I do want to say one thing, though. It's one thing to have John Gruden be the focus. But does John Gruden actually want to get out of his comfy Mm -hmm. position that he's in and have to, you know, once again put it all on the line? Well, and that's the big thing. This isn't a... You know what? The Rams are set to hire John Gruden. It's going to get done. This right now where we are at is they are just set to make John Gruden the focal point. And the quote that I have here from Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, and this is via Fox Sports, it says, and I quote, the Los Angeles Rams are moving towards a meeting with 
John Gruden about the team's head coaching vacancy. Multiple sources with knowledge of the Rams' coaching search have told Yahoo Sports. The sources indicate Gruden has become the focal point, like you said, Mark, on the Rams' list of candidates, but that other candidates could also come into play, notably David Shaw from Stanford and Sean Payton, who is currently with the New Orleans Saints. And to me, I look at this and I say, not only is John Gruden a guy who, to me, there are two guys which would be perfect for this job. One is John Gruden. The other is Sean Payton. Those are the two guys you go and get. I mean, I know everyone's going to throw David Shaw's name out there, but let's be honest. He ain't leaving Stanford for some team where it's kind of iffy how good this team is going to be. It would be different if they had Andrew Luck. If they had Andrew Luck, then I could see it. If they drafted a Christian McCaffrey, then I could see it. You have that Stanford tie to try to pull David Shaw out of his little Stanford hole. To me, it's you got to get Peyton or you've got to get John Gruden because these are the two guys that, A, have that veteran experience as a head coach. I know that there are people out there that are saying, well, Ricky, John Gruden, he's been out of the game for too long, hasn't coached since 2008. He's been sitting up in the booth for eight years. Let's be honest. John Gruden's a smart guy. He still knows what's going on. He's paying attention to the game of football. He could step in there, and he can show you a thing or two. That's what John Gruden can do. I, also, I say mm-hmm. John Gruden because they can work with Jared Goff. That's the last thing I was going to say. Uh, well, I want to I want to mention with this uh, what, what the big requirement is in mm-hmm. my eyes. The big requirement to be the head coach of the L.A. Rams is your personality. You know, you can't have in L.A. A dull coach. Yeah, you can't have somebody that doesn't want to, you know, show off in the press conferences, who doesn't want to make a name, a splash, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, This is not going to happen, but that's why you would think, like, a guy like Rex Ryan is a good fit because he's going to get fired in Buffalo because he's got the personality. But he's not going to produce on the field, yeah. It's not going to happen, but that type of personality is nice. You know, I I do think of a guy like, uh, like McDaniels, uh, of course, mm-hmm. in New England, just because of you know he's a younger guy, he's got the he's got the looks, he feels like he would fit in that place. You know, he's got the personality too. But once again, like I said, you can't have just offensive coordinator. You know, you can't do something like that. You got to make that splash. Sean Payton's a good combination there. John Gruden's one too. I I just don't in my eyes I don't see a reason for John Gruden to leave the cushy job that he has now. I know mm-hmm. that, uh, what is it, Sean McDermott, who's or Sean McDonahue, whatever his name is. McDermott with the Panthers? Is that who you're no, thinking No, 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 Sean, whoever he's doing Monday Night Football with now. Oh, Mike Donahue. Mike Donahue. Um, you know, it's it's not the same. You know, he misses Tariko, of course. Uh, but it's just, here's the thing. I know you're bored. I know you don't like your, your play-by-play commentator that you have. Uh, but it's a nice cushy job. Keep the nice cushy job because you don't need to prove anything to us anymore. And if anything, you're actually just giving the opportunity to kind of harm your legacy. So he's remembered pretty fondly in Oakland, even though, you know, didn't win a Super Bowl or anything like that, but he mm-hmm. got you some success. Moves over to Tampa. And I'm going to cut you off. It was Sean Donahue. You Sean Donahue. Uh, moves over to Tampa. Basically takes Tony Dungy's team and gets a Super Bowl out of mm-hmm. it. And then the team wasn't terrible after that, but not really success anymore. John Gruden, on his 
own didn't really have that successful of a team. So to put him in this position with this team that, sure, they've got a good defensive front, and they have some guys who should be good on paper, but he's got to build this team all over again. And that's something that John Gruden doesn't necessarily do. He's not the team builder. Mm -hmm. He is the motivator. He's the guy who takes an already good team and pushes them forward just a little bit more. Well, And I will say that is probably a point where Sean Payton might be a little bit of a lean in that department where Sean Payton was there for, I'm going to call it kind of a rebuild and building that Saints team. I know, of course, when you get Drew Brees, you get him traded over from the Chargers and get a huge steal in Drew Brees because no one expected Drew with his shoulder situation to be who he was after he left the Chargers, after they basically replaced him with Phillip Rivers. The one thing I want to go back to that you mentioned was about the personality. And that's why with me, John Gruden is the guy because a he's not going to be a a he's not going to be afraid to talk to that media and b he's not going to be afraid to light a fire under that team's ass and i mean when you look at a young team the one thing that i think of most is young players sometimes do need that motivator that guy that's going to light that fire under their rear ends and the point that you made it's la you can't have a dull coach in that city. I think of the coaches that are right now in L.A. Just think of the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Kings. Two of those coaches, Doc Rivers, a fiery coach, Luke Walton, who, yeah, he's a young guy, but he's a guy that's even in press conferences, you're seeing a little bit of fire where he made a comment um, earlier in the season where he's like, yeah, you know what, the Spurs and also the only teams to beat the Warriors – I think they're a little scared of us. And somebody laughed in the reporter side, and he goes, oh, you think that's funny? He's a guy that even has Mm -hmm. that little bit of he's not a dull coach. The only one that seems dull but he's not really that dull is Daryl Sutter, the head coach of the L.A. Kings. But that's just because you see him sitting there on the bench, and he's got that stone-cold face, and you don't really know what he's thinking. But in his press conferences, he's not even a dull coach. So in L.A., you need that guy who's not just going to sit back and go, uh, 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 ooh, mm-hmm. and that's not going to be John Gruden. Plus, another thing I want to throw out there is, like you mentioned, Mike Tirico's gone. Monday Night Football, to me at least, is not as appealing as it once was. Think about when you when we were kids, Mark. Mm-hmm. What was the one game that everybody waited for. What what did the commercials used to say? Kind of still do, but you're like, eh, whatever. What, what what did it come down to? Everything comes down to what, Mark? It comes down to your Monday night football. Monday night. Fantasy football. Ooh, what's the Monday night mm-hmm. game? Who's got that? Now we've got so many games to where well, you've Thursday got— Thursday ruined it. Well, not just Thursday. It's Thursday ruined everything. The Thursday night game, I'll be honest. Most of them are duds, but— on average, it's a pretty decent football game. We've had good Thursday night games. We've had like two. So to me, there's been the, literally two good football games. But on even Thursday. with how the schedule is now, mm. the games that are ahead of Monday night football in my mind, you get the. There's usually one early afternoon game that's a rock star game. There's usually one late afternoon game that's a rock star game. The Patriot and Steeler game is usually must-watch games. 
I put those four alone above the Monday night game. It's just the Monday night game has lost steam in my mind. It's no longer the primetime event for the football weekend. And you could say, well, it's kind of with the oversaturation that we have of football games, like you said, Thursday night. Now, like this last week, they added a Saturday night game. Yep. And it's just like with this oversaturation, I wouldn't be surprised if John Gruden's sitting there going, I lost my buddy. Sean Donahue's not bad, but uh, he's not Mike Tirico. And you know what? Uh, Monday night isn't as high profile as it once was when I came onto this. Mm-hmm. I just think that, I don't know, it's it's leaving a lot because he has such a presence on ESPN. He's such a part of ESPN. So I don't know. Um, and he can sit there and be his own character. Yeah, he can do whatever they want. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, he literally talks nonsense half the time up there, and they just they love it. We all eat it up because well, he's the what, only— Well, that's what ESPN does. I mean, have you seen yeah. First Take? But he's the only good personality left mm-hmm. in, in announcing. Um, I don't consider Collinsworth— to be a good personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the most important question here for me is not really why John Gruden uh, should go to the Rams. It's more of the question is, of all the places you're going to give up your cushy job for, you're going to go to the L.A. Rams? Do people want to be attached to Jared Goff? Because you don't have a choice in this case. This isn't Jacksonville, which we'll talk about soon, mm-hmm. uh, where – you can get rid of Blake Bortles if you want. You yeah. have permission to do that. No, you are stuck with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is your guy. The team traded so much to get him. You're stuck. And if he fails, you're fired. Your job is dependent on making Jared Goff not a competent quarterback, mm-hmm. a quarterback worthy of the number one overall pick. Well, and I am not just going, I'm going to take your point and add one more on to it. Mm-hmm. You're not just, with the Rams, it's you're stuck with Jared Goff. And some people would say, guys, you're saying that like it's a negative. Jared Goff is a young quarterback that you can help groom. Within Ju- in Gruden's case, could be a positive because he's a guy that has done his quarterback camps. He scouted uh, Jared Goff was able to talk to him, was able to work with him. He's worked with the young quarterbacks in this quarterback camp. But the one thing, yeah, you can't get rid of the quarterback in this situation. You know who else you can't get rid of? Ty Gurley. The GM. You can't oh, get rid of I'm going to say you can't get rid of the higher ups. No. Where it's kind of like I'm going to use a situation where I heard, um, I want to say it was on ESPN, where they're like, oh, well, the perfect job for Jim Harbaugh would be, oh, don't take the Rams job, wait around, Colts job opens up, boom, take that. You get to work mm-hmm. with Andrew Luck. Yeah, but then you got to work with Jim Irsay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got to work with Jim Irsay there. In this case, it's can you work with Stan Kroenke? Is he mm-hmm. the guy you really want to work with? So that's another part that John Gruden would have to think about, not just what's on the field, but, hey, is Kroenke a guy that I can work with and see myself with or is it just going to be a situation where they bring me in for the big name and it's like what Jeff Fisher said when they asked him about the job, about him fired, and he said, oh, well, I guess it was the Rams never saw me as the coach to see the new stadium. I was just the guy that was supposed to get them to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely makes sense in that case. And to me, it's just it's not that the L.A. Rams are this disaster, terrible team. Mm-hmm. It's just that. If you're some young coach who's going to have the opportunity, 
this makes sense. If you're one of these guys who's already done something successful, I don't see this being the place. It's not like you're walking in because Mike McCarthy somehow got fired in Green Bay and now you get to work with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's not that situation where it's guaranteed gold. This is something where you got to put the work in. And I don't know, maybe John Gruden's bored. Maybe he wants to put the work in. Uh, even Sean Payton, I think it's a little, it's a lot of work for a guy who is, you know, had his success already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I don't know if someone wants to put the work, work in. And it's like Todd Gurley is a good running back, but he's having so much trouble behind this offensive line. And this defense, sure, the front seven is good. That's about it. Uh, they give up a shit ton of points. Uh, well, I guess it's not a terrible amount of points, but they definitely mm-hmm. give up a lot of points. They don't score any points. You, your best wide receiver is Kenny Britt. Here's another thing I want to throw out there and why the this is on the side of the Rams why they need to get either John Gruden or Sean Payton. If they got either one of those two head coaches, free agents might actually want to go to L.A. Because you sit this way. First off, it's L.A. People want to go there anyways. Like, you don't have to worry about... It's not like Chicago and players have to... Like, Brian Erlacher on Waddle and Sylvie last week, they were kind of asking him about playing late in the season. He said, I hated it. Yep. It was cold. You don't want to play. The field sucks. And it's not like you're going to Chicago where it's frigid cold over here and it's below zero. It was like negative six the other yeah. day. You're going to, uh, let's put it this way. It was 19 degrees today when I got out of work. And, and felt I thought, great. oh, this is good. Feels brisk out. It's nice. I don't even need this jacket. Man, it doesn't hurt to breathe. Isn't that yeah. a good thing? But it's L.A. People are going to want to go there anyways, but mm-hmm. then you get a high market name like John Gruden or Sean Payton. Just help sell your program even more and bring in free agents to help this young team get better. Potentially, yeah. It's it, Everything about it makes sense for the L.A. Rams. It's all John Gruden. It's John now. Gruden. I don't buy it for John Gruden. To me, it's like you've already won your Super Bowl. Why do you want to have to prove yourself again? You know, because you come in, people are going to have really high expectations about what John Gruden can do. And like I said, John Gruden won his Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. Mm-hmm. That wasn't John Gruden's team. When it was John Gruden's team, it was nowhere near as successful as it was when it was Tony Dungy's team. I mean, they got to the wild card game twice. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> you got to a wild card game. And let's be honest, that last year that he was in Oakland, that team. Probably would have won the Super Bowl if it wasn't for the Tuck game, for the Tuck rule. Probably would have won the Super Bowl potentially that yeah. year if it wasn't for that one call that changed the football whole as we know it landscape of football. But one point I did want to throw out about John Gruden in the past. So he was with Oakland from '98 to 2001, and I'm sorry for our listeners who might be like. 18, 19, 20, you guys might not know these names, uh, but I hope you do. I hope you've watched NFL films. Here were the list of his quarterbacks. He only had four total quarterbacks in his time with the Raiders. His first year, Jeff George started seven games. Donald Hollis started six. And Wade Wilson, not Deadpool, Wade Wilson, started three games. For the other three years... He had Rich Gannon start every single game. Rich Gannon came over from Kansas City at that time and started every single game for the Oakland Raiders under Gruden. Then he goes 2002 to 2008 with the Bucs. Here's the list of his quarterbacks. That first year, 
Brad Johnson, 13. Rob, jo- Rob Johnson, 2. Sean King, 1. 03, Brad Johnson. Then he had Brian Greasy, Johnson, and Chris Sims. Chris Sims, Brian Greasy. Bruce Gradkowski, Chris Sims, and Tim Ratte. Then Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown. And then Jeff Garcia, Brian Greasy. Those were his quarterbacks that he had in the Buccaneers. What do you notice about 99, maybe all of those quarterbacks? Not young guys. Nope. Not high draft touted young guys like Jared Goff. Never had a young guy. I mean, yeah, you're probably sitting there going, well, Ricky, he had Rich Gannon kind of fall into his lap in Oakland. Of course they're not going to go out and draft one. Plus, at that time, Al Davis was still there, so of course they're going to take the fastest guy on the board with their first-round pick. That's how it but works, yeah. That's, that, to me, though, is another interesting thing. He's never worked with a young quarterback. Would he be able to? I say yes because of the quarterback camps, mm. but in a season it's different. Do you think that that plays into it, that he's never had a young quarterback to work with? I, I really don't think it, that is that big of a deal for him just because of the fact that the quarterback camps is something he's done so much now, mm-hmm. um, and he's worked with a lot of these young guys. I mean, I do think there might be some value to saying that, like I said earlier, he doesn't necessarily want to build. He's not a team builder. He wants to work with something that's already established, such as a Rich Gannon. You know, getting someone who's already established, getting somebody who you you know you can get some success out of, you know, that's something that's very, very valuable, of course. I just kind of feel that could he do it? Yeah, I'm sure he could do it. I'm sure he could work with Jared Goff, the young quarterback, who will be going into his second year. I I don't doubt that he can do that. I just don't think it's what he wants to do because he's never really shown himself to be that guy. And the one last thing that I'm going to bring up is I know that it's different teams, different circumstances, but right now the Rams have statistically the worst offense In the NFL, they have the worst total yards of all 32 teams. They're only averaging 278.8 total yards per game and one of the lowest 14.1 points per game. In John Gruden's last year with Tampa Bay, he had an offense that averaged 341 yards per game and scored a total of 22.6. I mean, if you're looking at that going, hey, I'll take that over what we got now, then John Gruden's your guy. The big question is, will John Gruden think, hey, I can be the guy? This is a place that he wants to be. Well, it's one of the things where if it's not the Rams, he ain't coming back to coaching in my mind. But before we move on, is there anything we didn't touch with this, Mark? No, not necessarily. I I think that it's pretty much all all there. Um, But, hey, maybe if John Gruden leaves, maybe we can get Tony Kornheiser back. For Monday Night Football. That'd be fun. (laughs) And then he can do the Good Night Canada at the end of uh, every broadcast. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Will John Gruden become the next head coach of the Rams? Is he the best option to become head coach of the Rams? What do you think? How does this play out? Let us know down below in the comment section. We are going to move on into our second topic, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. and. This is a team, Mark, I found it funny because on Saturday we recorded our draft special. We talked about Leonard Fournette, which you guys will hear if you already downloaded the podcast on Blog Talk Radio. You've heard it. 
for YouTube. That will be out tomorrow as you guys are actually, no, the same day as this. Whoa, they're coming out the same day. You mentioned, oh, well, Gus Bradley might be fired. And then that next day he was fired. I No, no, no. We said he might get fired, and I said he will, will get, get fired. fired. And then he did get fired. And he did. I so knew what I was talking so about. So basically you called it. Um, mm-hmm. right, Me and probably everybody else, but yes. Right now the Jaguars have Doug Marone as their interim head coach. There's no saying who the next head coach will be. But the one thing I found interesting is that the Jaguars GM, David Caldwell, has come out and said that he will not force the next head coach to stick with Blake Bortles. And the reason I find this funny, Mark, is because earlier in the year we had Lions guy on and we talked about is this a make-or-break season for Blake Bortles? And everyone said no, that it was a stupid uh, it was too early. stupid topic, and now it looks like, oh, was this the make-or-break season? Potentially. Will, I'll ask you this. No matter who the head coach is next year, look into your crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Is Blake Bortles the quarterback of the Jaguars in 2017? Yes, I think he is. I think he will still be the starting quarterback at the beginning of 2017. I don't think he necessarily is, or necessarily is going all the way to through. end the season as the quarterback. But I think that this is really a marketing technique for the team as they post the job as you know they give the job posting mm-hmm. out there they're saying hey we are not handcuffing you to anything you can do whatever you want with this team it is all yours you the only thing you cannot do you cannot take the tarps off of those seats <laughs> on the very top those tarps are sitting there they are staying there there's no way we can sell those seats mm-hmm. but no they're basically saying we are not handcuffing you we're going to let you do anything you want Knock yourself out. Any coach that comes in here is going to remember the end of that 2015 season and go, I might be able to get something out of Blake Bortles. The only thing that could maybe change that is they get a coach who is absolutely obsessed with one of these young quarterbacks and really, really tells you know the GM, I need you to get this guy. I, I can win with that guy. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's the mm-hmm. only way I see Blake Bortles not starting next year. Next year, I think Blake Bortles is your starter. I actually think he's your starter for most of next season. You know who right now I'm going to throw out a name who I think, and this all depends on where the Jaguars end up in the draft order for 2018. You know who I could see being the next quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who's that? Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma. Yeah, I could see him like I could see easily see the Jaguars not being good mm-hmm. with their new head coach for some reason, just because, I mean, they weren't oh. good this season. Yeah. So why would they be good next season? Of course, they can do off season and draft well, but I just don't see them being a completely turn the tables kind of a team in one year with a new head coach. That's why I kind of feel like hey, if they could be a top five team again, maybe a top three again. They can go get Baker Mayfield, and that's the only reason why Blake Bortles wouldn't be the quarterback past 2017. Yeah, I just think that, you know, the the team is, I think this is a much better job opportunity than L.A. L.A. is a, a place that you do not want to be if you have to be the guy responsible for well, building this team. They both have their own kind of pros and cons to it. Yes, but I think that the Jaguars are a much better opportunity because they have a lot of the pieces there. They just mm-hmm. haven't been performing correctly, and there's been injury issues, 
And, hey, here's a plus. You mm-hmm. have a draft pick in the first round. Let me throw this curveball at you, though. You're a head coach that is uh, looking for a job. The Jaguars are interested. You're thinking about it. Does the possibility of them being the relocation team that goes to London sway your opinion, though? No, I Because I wouldn't want to go to London. I, I have nothing I wouldn't against, either. I have nothing against London as a It city. just logistically doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, logistically for football, it just doesn't make sense. No, and that's what that's what it would be for me is I pretty much, as much as we joke about it, I know in my head they're not actually going. They're not actually See, going I don't to know London. that. I don't know that for sure because— It doesn't work. It seems like to me, and this is, mm-hmm. this is one of those things where I'm going to make this prediction on the podcast. If Jeff Fisher— becomes the head coach of the Jaguars, they will move to London. If he becomes the head coach of the Jaguars... Because that's what he does. They will move to London. And the reason why I say that is, of course it takes a GM to move a team. It takes an owner to move a team also. It's not the head coach that gets that call. Jeff Fisher is a guy in the league where I I see him as a yes man. He is the ultimate yes man when it comes to the league. And if they hire Jeff Fisher, in my mind, I'm going to think the owner wants to move. The NFL is pressuring them to move to London, and the owner's all for it. That's what I will think. And the reason why I say that so you guys don't just think I'm throwing this out there. Jeff Fisher, one, head of the competition committee. That's a job no other head coach wanted. Who said, yeah, I'll do it? Jeff Fisher. When Michael Sam fell in the draft in the NFL called teams and said, hey, would, would you think about taking this guy? Would you think about taking it? Who raised his hand and said, yep, I'll do it? Jeff Fisher. The company man. For hard knocks. No coach wanted it. Jeff Fisher, I'll take it. I'm your guy. Yeah. So if that's why I'm saying if Jeff Fisher becomes the head coach of the Jaguars, they're moving to They're not going to move because the, the, G, or the owner of the team has already spent Nearly a hundred, actually over a hundred million dollars of, you know, of of money into, which is chip change to him. Yeah, because the financial mogul, insanely rich. There's uh, a reason why in Madden he's the picture for the financial mogul owner. Yeah, but he spent <laughs> so much money that it's almost impossible to comprehend. It's like five dollars to us normal folk. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, I just can't see him leaving. He is trying to make this work, mm-hmm. and it makes perfect sense. It's Jacksonville. This is a nice place. It's not the nicest place in Florida, but it's a nice place. It should could be worse. Work. Could be uh, could be the situation in Chicago where it's cold in this time, and then your field sucks. Yeah, right. You know, it, it should work. It makes sense. I hate sense. how I keep going back to that. but It's, it's just, just so damn cold outside. Yeah, it's, and that field, man. Mm-hmm. That field, week 15 through 17, is horrible. Yeah. is apt- Maybe that's why you guys have so many injuries. It could be could be the no, field. We've had them all year. We had them before <laughs> the season even started. Uh, it just it doesn't – to me, I don't see the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars going anywhere um, right now. I mean – Especially not London. London doesn't make sense to me. There's a growing market mm-hmm. in Canada and uh, also in Mexico. I mean, Mexico could... has a much better market for it than I think London does. Because the three markets that people are talking about are London, mm-hmm. Mexico City, and Toronto. Those are the big three international yeah. markets that the NFL would like to hit. But the one thing to get off the relocation and back onto the Jaguars, I want to throw a coach name out there for you. And I want you to tell me the like the likability 
of him becoming the head coach and possibly bringing his father, do you think this is a job that Kyle Shanahan is interested in and do the Jaguars look at him? Uh, Look at him, sure. I, I definitely think you could. I don't know if it's that appealing to a team to get the uh, Shanahan family mm-hmm. involved. I mean, we all remember what was going on in Washington, and it was kind of a disaster. And that was owner versus coach, mm-hmm. uh, or GM versus coach. Well, owner and GM, actually. So there was a lot of disagreement there. I don't think you want to get into that. Of course, this owner is very different. Um, GM, different as well, but still you know, wants to well, get some hands in it. It also sounds like this GM and Caldwell is very, you know what? You do what you want because what we're doing right now ain't working. Mm-hmm. So that's it's why it's change. like, you know what? If you want to get rid of Bortles, the sky is yours because what is on the field right now ain't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that I just I feel like you look at what was going on and you look at the way that a coach was not able to get along with his quarterback, and I don't think that's something that's appealing. I really don't. Uh, well, I, he's been able to get along with Matt Ryan. Now, I know Matt Ryan's a veteran, but, I mean, Blake Bortles mm-hmm. is a veteran, too. Matt Ryan's also a more successful quarterback. The quarterback True. you have right now is not that successful And I will say neither Blake Bortles or Matt Ryan are RG3. No. RG3, um, good talent, not the most mature quarterback. No, um, for sure, but I just think that you're— I, I don't that, know. You're looking at a quarterback who I think the is Washington not very good. I think the Washington problem was more on RG three than it was Shanahan. Shanahan was inexperienced. RG three was a hothead who. Well, and I also would, he was a hothead who also didn't get along with ownership, so he felt like he couldn't get along with anybody. I in would Washington. more. Put, I would more put the blame on GM and ownership. I think they put, and I'm not trying to take all blame away from RG3. Yeah. I think that they put RG3 in a weird situation. Mm-hmm. They were the two, you know, the parents getting divorced that were saying, all right, choose. Plus, they drafted RG3 and then drafted Kirk Cousins in the third round that same draft. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the the rumors about Tom Coughlin and how the Jaguars still want to get Tom Coughlin out there. I think that's a very appealing thing. I think that would be very... I think that'd be a great hire. Tom Coughlin... Now, we were talking about John Gruden and whether he wants to leave the cushy job. Tom Coughlin does want to leave his cushy job. He does not want to be... You know, I know he's not really commentating, but he's working for the NFL. He Mm -hmm. does not want to do that. He wants to get back there and start coaching again. So I think that's an opportunity right there for Jacksonville. It's one that makes sense out of anybody who is... You know, out, not coaching right now, that's one that makes sense to me. Let me ask you this, and this is kind of taking a step back from throwing names out there. I just want to ask you, philosophy wise, uh-huh. if you are Dave Caldwell, yeah. are you looking for a defensive minded guy or an offensive minded guy? Because to me, I look at it and I see, well, you can go offensive because you could say, you know what, do whatever you want with this offense that ain't doing good. Or do you say, I want to bring in a defensive guy? Because we've drafted pieces, and I want this defense to be stronger because it obviously has much better young talent than the offense. Yeah, it's a good question. I think that your my my first mindset is to go with defense because that's where we we've been drafting for so long here in Jacksonville. Um, but you can't ignore guys like Thomas at your tight end. You can't ignore uh, Hearns and Robinson and Blake Bortles. You do have a lot of investment in the offense, too. Mm-hmm. 
this team is just kind of all around uh, a lot of pieces that should be performing better than they were. This whole team is underperformed. I don't think there's a really a losing scenario. What I see is I have a young, I have a good investment in a young quarterback that's Blake Bortles. He has weapons. I want to get somebody that's going to bring more out of him because the defense is there. If I can just get those guys fired up, I can get a good defensive coordinator. He can take care of those guys. Mm-hmm. Let me get Blake Bortles performing how he is supposed to, how he should perform. Because right now I'm looking, and I'm getting this information from SpotRack.com. The When it comes to the cap dollars, um, there are more players under contract on offense than defense for the Jaguars, but 50.45% of the cap is in favor of the defense, which ranks fourth in the league compared to 43.74%, which their $65 million ranks 19th for offense. So really right now, this is a Jaguar team that is spending a lot more money, which is, I mean, compared to how they are, it's really only $10 million more million where I know everyone's saying, well, whoa, Ricky, $10 million is a lot. It's $10 million separates the two. And they are the fourth highest paid defense. They're the fourth mm-hmm. highest payroll for defense. And it's in the a good league. it's a good defense. I mean, it's not absolutely incredible, but it is one of the better well, defenses in the NFL. And that's why the one name I wanted to throw out there, and this is a name, this would probably be my top young defensive coach. And when I say that a coordinator who is moving into a head coaching role, I think this could be a spot for if Coughlin falls through and then they're looking at a Shanahan or a Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. I think this could be a spot where they go, let's look at Sean McDermott, the defensive coordinator from the Panthers, and go with that defensive side because they are investing so much money into it. And there's a lot of NFL teams that are going defense first, building the defense and letting the rest come later. You know, I mean, we've seen a lot of that success with. Uh, with Denver, with uh, Seattle, you know, my or not Miami, Minnesota was supposed to be that team that followed that formula, uh, and they probably will be next year once they finally get those guys back from injury. So there's a lot of that that's going on. So it makes sense. It definitely does make sense. It's the better part of your team. I feel like the one fear I would have about that is you get a defensive coach, and then you have this wasted talent on the offensive side of the ball and you have a quarterback who is underperformed and will continue to do that and then you have him just be let go and you bring in a new guy and you're not going to have anyone to develop the new guy Mm -hmm. that would that would just be the thing that scares me i don't think there's a right or wrong answer to offense defense but i just feel like the situation you're in lends itself to needing someone to coach and mentor that offensive weapon that you're hopefully going to get or already have in Bortles. And the thing I'll say, and this will kind of bring it back to what we did in the beginning to wrap this Jaguar conversation up, is Blake Bortles, to me, is he a bad quarterback? No, but I think with this situation, he is not the long-term answer in Jacksonville. I think 2017 will be his year, meaning... It's your year to have it. We are drafting a guy in 2018 because the quarterback class is a lot deeper than it is right now. Yeah, that's what they say every year. 
but it wouldn't also surprise me if a new coach comes in and goes, yep, you know what, I want I want Trubisky, I want Watson right there at three. Yeah. Fuck it, let's take him. You're there. You're there, so why not? I mean, do I think a right now do I think a quarterback's going to go in the first round? No. You can look at my mock draft for that. But when we get to the draft, somebody might take a flyer on a quarterback. Someone's taking a quarterback in the first round. It's going to happen. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Jacksonville Jaguars do, of course. They got to hire their new head coach. Who knows? Maybe Doug Marone gets the interim tag lifted off of him and he becomes the head coach. I mean, there's nothing ruling that out either, but this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think about Blake Bortles' future in Jacksonville. Who should Jacksonville bring in to replace Gus Bradley? What do you think is this team's MO in not just this year's draft, but maybe next year's draft when it comes to a quarterback? Let us know down below in the comment section. We are actually going to move on, though, into our last topic, and we're going to stay in the AFC South, same division, and we're going to go over to Houston. And the Houston Texans have named Tom Savage their starter after benching Brock the Cock, cock a doodle do last week when the team did beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, Mark, I'll be frank. Can Tom Savage help the Texans reach the playoffs? I mean, help them. I mean, I guess he kind of has to, right? Can they uh, reach the playoffs with Tom Savage? Come on. That question is <laughs> no, in my eyes. Um, I don't think that Tom Savage is going to be any part of if they could potentially make it to the playoffs. If they make it to the playoffs, it's this really, really good defense dragging their ass into the playoffs with a good run game helping out. The problem they have is they have a really hot team right now in Tennessee who has mostly gotten past the hard part of the schedule, and they're going to have a much easier route moving forward, one of those games being against Houston. And if if they can kind of uh, you know get to the rookie, uh, I know he's not actually a rookie, but basically he doesn't play, so he might as well be. Mm-hmm. If they can get to him at their home turf, if they can drive him wild, if they can make him make mistakes, they're going to do a great job. They're going to do a fantastic job. And they're a team that scores points, a lot of points. Mm -hmm. Tom Savage, I don't think I believe he's going to keep up with a more high-powered Tennessee offense. With that being said, Houston's defense is fucking good, so they can certainly stop Tennessee at the same time. I'm going to say this. This kind of entire playoff race, remember when we talked about the AFC South, Mark, and I said, hey, you know what? This could easily come down to Week 17 when the Texans and the Titans play. Guess what's going to happen? This is, com- this is coming down to next week. Yeah. Not this week. Next week when those two teams play. And me, the most interesting part of all this, when they asked Brock the Cock about the benching, here's what he said. I, have you heard what he said? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I'm going to read so everyone's on the same page. Here's what he said, and I quote, As a competitor, anytime you don't play well and get pulled out of a game, of course there's disappointment. That's a natural human reaction. Also, there's disappointment because you want to be your best for your teammates. I love this football team. I love every single player in this locker room. You're disappointed because you feel like you let them down. You are happy because this football team found a way to win. Tom had a huge day. He's been a great friend, a great teammate. Tom stepped in, 
and he played a phenomenal game, end quote. You know what I thought after hearing that from uh, Brock Osweiler? What's that? I'm still getting paid my 72 mil, right? Yeah, go go get him, Tom. Well, go he's, him. he's got that 30, what is it, 37 guaranteed? Mm-hmm. It's basically, of course you're going to say that. You're making 37 guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You're still making the 72 over the contract. Sure, you want to sit me on the bench at 37 guaranteed? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm still making my money. I think that, you know, Brock Osweiler also needs to say this because there's a very real chance. I know a lot of people don't want to admit traded? this. No, a lot of people don't want to admit there's a very real chance that he's going to start again for the Texans. Okay. Neither uh, after the season, if he can go into training camp and win the job, because if Tom Savage is his competition, mm-hmm. he can win the job. He can win the starting <laughs> job back. Especially at the beginning of a year. Exactly. And there's not really going to be any rookie that's going to compete with them. I mean, sure, they can try and make a splash with a Tony Romo if he doesn't want to move that far or something like that. Uh, but to me, it's like, yeah, he can totally get the job next year. He can get the job next week. He can win the be- the job back because Tom Savage has never been a successful quarterback. The man's never thrown a touchdown before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he certainly isn't expected to do that much he doesn't have to do that much but he's he's got to do something and if he's not going to drive the team down the field if he's not going to score touchdowns if he's going to make mistakes any little thing to mess it up and i feel like the Texans are going to make a change again because they are so close to winning this division they want to win it so badly i easily could see something changing the, well, you know the first second something doesn't go right I mean, for me, the thing is, for right now, Tom Savage is your guy. And by right now, I mean this week because Bill O'Brien's a guy who you don't make the playoffs this season. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston said we had a debacle last year when we were the hard knocks team and basically everyone saw our offseason and then we finished the way we did with quarterbacks that we thought were going to do well and didn't. Then we're basically this year, we've had the division, and then we're going to lose it at the end. And the one thing that's funny that you think about, right now we don't know the Sunday night game for next week because of what the NFL always does. They'll After this week, they'll look at the entire schedule and go, boom, this game is flexed. Yeah, This could be the flex game. It could be Titans-Texans. Sunday night, winner wins the AFC South. That could be the game. And for me, I think Tom Savage is your starter. If you win this next one and that sets up that, Tom Savage is your starter the rest of the way because if he wins this next week, you're going to play in Week 17. If he wins that game and you win the division, you can't go back to Brock for the playoffs, especially Mm -hmm. for a team who has never won a playoff game. This is very much the hot hand situation. You ride whichever one is going to win. You know, if Tom Savage starts looking bad, you kind of have to switch back to Brock Osweiler. If Tom Savage is doing well, you're not going to touch it. You're going to leave it. You're going to not change anything. This is a team that is honestly so desperate to get into the playoffs and then so desperate to win the playoff 
game that they get into, they will do anything, I think, at this opportunity. And I'm going to correct myself. They do. They have two wins because they beat I the Bengals. They're the cardiac cat killers. Yeah, they beat the Bengals. The Bengal killers. But then they lose. They can the, only beat the Bengals. And, and then they beat, they lose to the Patriots and the Ravens and the Chiefs in their other three games. Yeah. They can only beat the Bengals. And the Bengals aren't going to be in the playoffs this year. Uh, no, I just think that for for this team, it's a really good team. Defense is good. Uh, running game is good. What they don't have is quarterback. And they don't have quarterback, whichever one of these guys start, honestly. Now, I'm going to ask you this, and this is going to sound like a silly question. The only reason I'm asking this is because John Clayton had an article on ESPN that was basically what options do the Texas the, do the Texans have with Brock Osweiler? Is there a situation where after the season, let's say Tom Savage wins this week, mm-hmm. he wins week sixteen, then he goes on and beats the Titans for week seventeen, gets into the playoffs, gets into the playoffs, and hey, guess who they're playing this week? The only team that they can beat in the playoffs, the Bengals. Mm-hmm. So odds are that they'll probably win this week because they always beat the Bengals. And if he wins both these games, he's going to play in the playoffs, win or lose. What are the odds that Brock Osweller gets traded in the offseason or they look to move him because they go, hey, we necessarily don't need Brock. We might have overpaid for him. Let's try Maybe. to get let's try to get one of these yeah. teams like the Bears or the Jets or one of these suckers who needs a quarterback to overpay for him in a trade. Who the hell is gonna gonna overpay for Brock Osweiler? Or to get though? something out of him. No, I don't think anybody wants wants him. Uh, Nobody wants that contract that went fourteen and sixteen for touchdown to interception. Uh, you know, seven to eight ratio there. That's pretty fucking terrible. Uh, I mean, his quarterback rating's not abysmal. It's not good. It's a 71. So <laughs> it's not good, but it certainly could be worse. Uh, there's just, there's no eyes, or there's, not, there's nothing that's telling you he's going to do that much better. Honestly, and don't get mad at me, Ricky. If it was a team better like... Than, he's Minnesota, better than Fitzmagic, though. Oh, sure. Uh, although Fitzmagic, he's had some success. 10 touchdowns, 15 INTs this year. Not this year, yeah, no. <laughs> but don't get mad at me when I say this, but a team like Minnesota, if they didn't have Sam Bradford, that would be a team that can say, hey, we basically are the Denver Broncos. Yeah. We can take Brock Osweiler and we <laughs> can work with that. But we have Sam Bradford. But you have Sam Bradford. You already fixed that problem. Plus, we don't, not... have, plus we don't have wide receivers for him to throw to. I mean... There's yeah exactly, but there's I mean, not an ugh. option that really is the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. for him to go to. That option really kind of was the Houston Texans, and it's not working there. Uh, and the Houston Texans do in fact have wide receivers for him to throw the ball to. So, in my eyes, one nobody's gonna want him, uh, and now everyone's gonna say, "Man, that John Elway, he really he really knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. even though he did try and sign Brock Osweiler, it just didn't work out." Uh, but They'll say that it's not working. We're not inheriting that contract. The Texans are not going to just cut him. It's not something that's going to happen. Us people here in Chicago know what that's about. When you got a lot of money dedicated to a quarterback, you can't just cut him. That's not how it works. Uh, they're going to – Brock Osweiler is going to be on the roster next year. I think that he starts. Unless Tom Savage goes out there and Tom Brady's it 
or something and just surprises everybody out there. Are you saying he's starting? Are you saying week seventeen? Are you saying next season? No, I'm saying next season. Brock oh, okay. Osweiler will be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I'm. With when it comes to this season, as long as Tom Savage is winning, you you he's ride the hot hands. Stay yeah. the quarterback, but for next season, yeah, I would totally agree with you that you cannot pay a quarterback as much as you paid Brock the cock. Mm-hmm. and not expect him to start. You can't have that as your backup well, quarterback. I really just think it's not even the backup quarterback thing because, you know, Tony Romo's sitting and he gets a lot of money. Matt Flynn got paid in Seattle and Russell Wilson came and took his job. And then Matt Flynn got caught. Yeah, he did get caught. Um, but it's one of those situations where I think in the competition, Brock the Cock is going to win over Tom Savage. Because he will beat he's him the in guy, a one-to-one competition. Because he's the guy you also signed with. He is the guy we want to be our franchise quarterback. Yeah, I just think that he's – I think he's a more talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that he's Aaron Rodgers, but he is a more talented quarterback than Tom Savage is. I'm going to throw this at you. Last thing that we'll do to kind of wrap up this segment, look into your crystal ball. Uh-huh. Do the Texans make the playoffs? No. Play it out for me. I need uh, a little bit than just yes or no there. You answer, You asked a question and I answered <laughs> it. Uh, no, I do think that they can win against the Bengals because, of course, they can win against the Bengals. What it comes down to is the fact that they're going to have to play the Tennessee Titans, a team Probably that is Sunday really night. hot right now, uh, a team that has their quarterback situation figured out. I th- and they also have a great run game, you know, just like Houston's got that solid run game that they have as well. Defense, of course, is better in Houston. But I think that at home, Marcus Mariota can win the battle against quarterback X. He will beat Brock Osweiler. He will beat Tom Savage. I think he will get it done because he kind of has to. Yes, the Houston Texans have beaten the Tennessee Titans before. But this Tennessee Titans team is a lot hotter than they were when they played, what was that, like week eight or whatever that was, week seven maybe. It was towards the middle of the season. It is a much different team right now. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that they've got enough pieces to get themselves in the playoffs. What they do once they get there, Probably not too much, but the Tennessee Titans, I think, will do enough to get in and win the division. And I'm playing around with the playoff machine. I'm going to say they don't only because I think that the Titans will win the head-to-head matchup in Week 17. But in order to get the sixth seed at 9-7, and let's say they beat the Bengals and then lose to the Titans, what they will need to happen in order to make the playoffs is they would need the Ravens then to lose to the Steelers and the Bengals. Probably might not happen. The Ravens could probably beat the Bengals. They'll probably win one, yeah. They would need both the Bills and the Patriots to beat the Dolphins, which that team will probably split because I don't see the Buffalo Bills beating the Miami Dolphins even without Ryan Tannehill. And then they would need the Broncos to lose at least one game, which, I mean, they could lose when they play Kansas City this week and then they play the um, Oakland Raiders. So they would need the Broncos to lose one, the Ravens to lose out, and the Dolphins to lose out just to get the sixth seed if they split and go one and one. 
Yeah, they need help. And, That's really what it comes down to. And it's just not going to happen. Like, and it's one of those things where I watch the Titans and what they did against the Chiefs, and I go, there's your AFC South champion. There's the team that wants it more because I know what you're saying. Te- Texan fans, you're saying, but look, we, we won a close game too, and Tom Savage brought us back. Yeah, You played the Jaguars. And the Jaguars the Titan, who had no tape. The Titans played the Chiefs. Yep. Who won the harder game? Yep. The Titans. And now the Bengals, sure, I'm giving you a win against the Bengals, but the Tennessee Titans will have basically one and a half games of tape. And it's a home tape. game. Yeah. One and a half games of tape at home mm-hmm. to understand what your quarterback Tom Savage is doing. They'll well, figure it out. And before I wrap everything up, Mark, is there anything this entire podcast, anything we missed out on that we need to touch? Um, no, I I, I feel pretty good about we're talking what we've talked about. Rex Ryan hasn't been fired yet, but you know, there's a there's well, time. Apparently, Rex Ryan said, uh, "I don't know his future. You don't know his future. He doesn't know his future. We don't know each other's future." So that was his argument when he was asked about his future in Buffalo. Yeah, and everyone was like. No, we, we know your future. Yeah. We know so, it pretty well. We we heard what your future was before the season even started. Sounds very fourth grade fourth grade logic, Rex. You don't know my future. I don't know your future. I don't know her future. <laughs> uh, you don't know her future. Nobody knows anybody's future. I'm Band-Aid. Uh, I'm rubbing no your puppet. glue. You're the Whatever puppet. you say bounces off of me and sticks to yeah. you, right? That's what they used to say. But yeah. this is where you guys let us know down below what you thought of anything we talked about in the podcast today. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to go check out our other segments. If you download the podcast from Blog Talk Radio, thank you for downloading and supporting the channel. And also hit that like and subscribe button and also that follow button on Blog Talk Radio so that you can know when every episode is up, ready for a download. I want to thank you guys for listening to the Onside Kick this week. For Mark Weber, I'm Ricky Widmer. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.